and my shoulders started to really get tight. Just that buildup that happens from lactate building up. And at that point, my, I have cramps in my, both my hip flexors still. I have that, my shoulders and my, my back is getting tight. And at that point, I was just like, you know what? And I'm just floating, I'm just bobbing. <laughs> I'm literally doing this. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what, man? This is how people die. On this podcast, we talk exclusively to Black athletes, whether you're a seasoned vet, a beginner, or someone just considering trying a sport. This podcast is for you. On this episode of Black with Endurance, we are talking to the founder and CEO of PsychoFit and co-founder of Black with Endurance, our very own Coach William Solomon. For those of you that don't know, just a few weeks ago, Coach went out to Kona to do his first 70.3 Ironman event. So if you follow, you know how it went, but if you don't, then I'm not going to spoil it for you. So this is really explaining his strategy and everything leading up to, into the race and what happened during the race and after the race and all his feelings throughout all of this. <laughs> it's really, really in-depth. So make sure you guys are listening. You might want to take some notes. If you're planning on doing your first Ironman or triathlon even, you might want to get a pen of paper. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and without further ado, yeah. So yes, it is Lonnie and Coach here from Black with Endurance, and we are talking about Coach's experience in Kona at his first Ironman seventy point three event. So Thanks. for those of you, huh? Go. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh. So for those of you that have been following and watching his journey as he is trained, uh, you guys have probably been waiting for this. I know I have. <laughs> so, hey, coach, how are you today? I am doing great. Doing good. A great Sunday in Sacramento. Um, the the 70.3 in Hawaii was one of the toughest and most memorable physical experience I've ever had in my life. Um, definitely like paired to, uh, that, uh, ultra in Tahoe. <laughs> I'm going to be honest compared to the ultra in Tahoe, even though the ultra took me 16 hours or so to complete the, um, the Ironman challenged me mentally and emotionally in a way nothing else has ever done. Wow. Yeah. Something to think about. Yeah. And it was, it was, um, First of all, it was in Hawaii, right? So it's a, it's in a beautiful location. The setting is essentially paradise. The water was bathroom temperature. You couldn't ask for a better temp. Um, a little windy, but not much out there. Very windy on the bike course. And the community was just the bomb. Like everyone is super helpful. The staff are super help helpful. In terms of the organization, I, the Ironman organization is world class. 
So you can't beat it. Yeah. Which I mean, for the price, it should be world class. And it's <laughs> wait, what? What is that ticket? What is? <laughs> that's a card note. You know, that's a card note for most Americans. That's gonna be, that's gonna be a little something, something. That's a expensive gift, but more than worth it. More than worth it. Definitely. So, what encouraged you to, to do this, to try an Ironman? Couple of things. In the beginning of the year. Spartan races were still getting canceled left and right due to COVID. So I didn't want to commit to training for a Spartan race just to have it canceled. Gyms were still shut down here in California. Didn't have a lot of opportunity to do outdoor events. Texas, Florida, some of our more uh, conservative but COVID liberal states were opening up, but Cali still shut down. But yeah. Ironmans seemed like they were still squeaking through trail runs were squeaking through. So early in the year, I committed to an Ironman because I felt like it was the best option to um, actually success, successfully complete. And then two, I, I wanna get over my fear of swimming. I have this terrible fear of swimming that annoys me that I'm still afraid or have anxiety when I get into the pool, which I still do un, unreasonably so after spending two hours in the ocean. <laughs> still have to calm myself down when I get into the pool. That's, that's crazy. Oh, well, it's not crazy, but it's, it's just interesting that it's still there with seeing how much you were training for it and how much pool time you had and you're still getting anxiety. So leading up to the event, how did you feel with your training? I had about three and a half months and I felt very, very confident. Um, to give you an idea, two weeks before the event, I essentially did a mini triathlon. Um, the 70.3 is a 1.2 mile swim, a uh, 56 mile bike ride and a half marathon. And about two weeks, maybe three weeks before the event, I swam a half mile and then I biked about 30 miles and I ran about nine miles. So I essentially did three fourths of the event and I felt great afterwards. So I knew I still had a lot left in the tank. So I felt good. The swim, I was not strong in because I just, I'm not a swimmer. I learned how to swim five years ago. And that's just, I just learned how to side breathe. Didn't know how to tread. And then this what, year, tread? tread water where you're just staying still and kind of breathing or even oh. kind of like doing a little mini breaststroke. So that way you're floating and not wasting a lot of energy. I, I really just kind of mastered that this year before, during my training, to be honest. So the swim, I had a long way to go in the swim when I started, but it was part of my reason to, to sign up. It gave me, when I, when I registered for Hawaii, I had three and a half months. So essentially I was behind the gun and it was like, you don't have any time to waste. So it kept me rigid. That's why I challenged myself to put a little pressure on there to keep me rigid and keep me in, in, in my training program. Is there anything that you wish are, when it comes to your training for it, is there anything that you wish you had, well, obviously swimming, <laughs> wish you would have uh, focused on more or did differently to make it any easier? Hindsight is twenty twenty. Sighting. Uh, I would have practiced sighting more and you, 
sighting is when you're swimming and then you you look up and to see where you're going and there's a rhythm to it there's a kind of a a science to it so to speak and um i worked on that maybe once or twice i didn't think it would be much of an issue i took sighting for granted and other than that that would be it and then two just swimming more in open water I, I I did I did a fair amount of open water swimming as my schedule allowed, but swimming against the current, swimming into the sun, swimming in a pack, and that's just one of those things you don't think about it until people tell you. But you know you really need that experience of swimming in a, in a group of people who aren't necessarily your friends. You know it's different when you're racing; people are competing. So yes, you, they want you to mess you know, up. Well. <laughs> When they bump you and kick you, it's not like, oh, hey, are you okay? Or like, they're not gonna swim and to move out of your way. They're striking through a lane. And if you're halfway in that lane, you get struck. And then they kind of swim on top of you. I had a guy swim underneath me, freak me out. I, <laughs> I, I literally, that's how slow I was going. I literally stopped and I was just like, whoa. And he just zipped underneath me and took off. So I think just more experience in the open water. That sounds wild. <laughs> I can't imagine that even. So I, I remember in your training that you don't live that close to open water. Like how far were, were you driving to get to open water to train? So for, for three months, and actually it was like for two months because for the first month I was just getting in the pool and um, um, because I went a little bit too fast, um, I developed bursitis in my shoulder. And um, so I had to slow down. Essentially, I lost a week of training. But anyway, I, um, for two months, every Sunday, I drove all the way to Berkeley. So an hour for two months. I'm sorry, every Sunday, I drove an hour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that makes a difference because it was every day. I don't like Oh my God. If you guys can hear the noise in the background, please excuse it. You know, summer is here and I actually am hearing for the first time in a long time, some kids outside playing, which is incredible, but <laughs> we're going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't hear anything. So the, the short answer, I, every Sunday for two months, I drove, it's actually an hour and a half to Berkeley to get some open water swimming. So about eight times. Nice. And actually on top of that, I had a couple of one-on-one -on -one sessions in Berkeley. And um, so all, all told, you know, there's about two weeks worth of, you know, for 14 sessions worth of open water swimming. Okay. So now that, okay, with your swimming, we got that. What about the cycling? Like, were you ready for that? Did you already have everything you needed? Or was there anything you needed to buy or get different to train for a triathlon? I thought I was ready. I, mean, I was ready in terms of an endurance standpoint and physically ready. Uh, I've done a century before. As a part of my training, I've done 60 miles. And my body, you know, I, you just it's almost like uh, when you're running a half marathon or a marathon or, or just running in general, you know your threshold pace when you're really pushing it. And then you know your cruise pace. So I, I have a cruise pace on the bike, 16, 17 miles per hour. I can maintain that for a long time, as long as I have the right nutrition and the right fuel. 
So I wasn't worried about the bike. What freaked me out or I didn't plan for, I just didn't know is traveling with the bike is a whole experience. So breaking down the bike, I didn't realize how much of the bike I had to break down. And, you know, for those, for people who aren't really into cycling, your bike becomes, there's this relationship you have with your bike. It's, it's, it's more personal than a car because you're very intimate with all the, all the components, the chain, the pedals, the handlebars, your hands on. So you just have this physical relationship with this object. And when you have to break it all the way down for the first time, you're like, there's no way I could put this thing back together and have that same synergy. I think that even sounds weird when I say it, but I'm just being very transparent. There, there was some sweat and bullets as I'm taking down the bike two hours before I had to get into the car. I didn't give myself enough time. And I'm like, man, this bolt has to go here. And okay, all right, this doesn't look like it's in the case right. And I put it in, it doesn't fit right. And then I check YouTube and there's components that I didn't take out and there's rods and springs. And you have to put the springs back at the certain, at the, the right, you know, size or, and I was like, whoo, I'm gonna break this bike and I'm not gonna be able to race. So that was some anxiety. That was some anxiety. That sounds like so much <laughs> for a race. And I think for people who suffer from like severe anxiety, I don't have severe anxiety, but there's things that I, that I don't, I don't think like an average person would freak out about that I'll, I'll really, you know, make me sweat. And breaking down my bike was one of those. I'm, I was sweating, I was sweating bullets and, you know, so I would say um, practice, 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 breaking down your bike, um, develop that repetition the same way you would um, in any other training. But you, but you got it back together and everything. <laughs> yeah, I got it back together and I put it back together wrong the first time. Didn't realize it. I had some rods that were on the wrong side. It just didn't ride right. Um, the, the front brake ended up being loose just because there was a little lever on there, a tensioner, and during trans transport, the, the tensioner opened up. It's just those little, little things. So you get on the bike, and the, the good thing about a bike, if it's not right, it'll let you know right away. And so, yeah, got back on there. And Ironman has this thing at, at, the, um, at the event where you can drop your bike off and they'll tune it up, you know, for a small fee. Definitely worth it. That's good. <laughs> That's dope. That's good. All right. So we talked about the swim. We talked about the uh, bike. So what was training for the run like? Because not you're not just running. So it's not like just training for a marathon or a trail race. You have to prepare to run after already being basically exhausted by swimming and cycling. Really, it's not complicated. It's really, to me, it's very simple. It's just demanding. It's a part time job. It, you're going to have at least 12 to 20 plus hours of training a week, and that's a part-time job. So at the end of the day, you're going to get your endurance level up in all three areas. To me, that's the first thing. When I'm looking at the training program, I'm essentially getting my endurance level up in different ways, either just time or through effort intervals mm -hmm. or you know, through distance. So at the end of the day, that's those are the three modalities and you're getting you're increasing in all those over time but then you get to a period where you have to work on your transitions and i think that's where really for me it got challenging so the first time that i did a hard bike a hard ride on the bike a hard hour like really getting that good burn in my thighs and then i, I had to hop off the bike slap all my running shoes i couldn't run it freaked me out 
that, that I think that'll freak out most people. So I get off the bike, I feel good. I put on my shoes and I go to run and I don't have, my central nervous system didn't have the, the capability. I, I literally looked like a penguin. And oh, yeah, seriously, and I couldn't, I'm not saying I couldn't run, I couldn't run, I could walk barely, but I tried to run and then I just, I didn't have it. That freaked me out. The second time I tried it, I was able to run. It was like 13, 14 miles per hour. It was like super slow, but I was able to do it. And then the third time you do it, you get better. It just reminds me of how awesome the the body is, how 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 it is willing to adapt. You just have to force it a little bit yeah. in a controlled manner. Yeah, and with the experience, it it adjusts. <laughs> it, it adjusts, and it'll it'll produce for you too. You just have to mentally push, but also be conservative. It's a it's a thin line. Yeah. So, what we've all been waiting for. So wait. We, we, we trained and then I guess the trip in itself. Well, you told me about the tediousness of the breaking down the bike for traveling. Was there any other part of the traveling that was? Uh... <laughs> you know, be, let's just keep it real. You know, I love my family. My family is everything to me. They are, it's who I am being a dad. Um, you know, loving my partner, that's, that's just core to who I am. It's hard traveling with a family too, right? But um, shout out to my, my family, they were just super supportive. You know, I have a four-year-old four year old daughter, 16-year-old son, and you know, there's all this luggage, you get there, then you get to the event, you gotta, you know, uh, check in. And so they're waiting. The expo wasn't as big as I had hoped. So they're kind of just waiting for me to check in. The internet went down. So they're waiting for the internet to come up. And then, you know, I, you get to the event, it's an all day event. So they're, they're kind of like buying time, staying busy on the beach, having fun, but your family supports you in this event. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're asking a lot of them in their time. So I want to thank my family, um, thank Gloria, thank my son, my daughter, Ava, four-year-old. So it, it, these events, man, they really, they're really demanding in all areas. <laughs> it seems like it is. It seems like, yeah, it's a whole nother life. <laughs> it, it definitely, it, I, can, I can see how it could become a life. And to be honest, I, I am addicted. I, I've done one. And um, the result isn't what I would um, like, but um, I, I definitely will be doing these until the end, until the very, very end. Definitely. So tell us more about this result. Once you got there, what happened? Yeah, you know, results matter. And the, my results for this race did not meet my expectation. So uh, essentially, my my goal for the swim or my strategy for the swim was to swim about 200 meters and then pause, uh, grab a buoy, hang on to a paddle board or just float and just kind of get my breath and then do another 200 meters. Uh, my swim and my training was not strong enough to go 500 meters straight. There were still some inconsistencies in my breathing where there's my anxiety, whether I'm holding my breath at some point, I'm not sure what it was. I got side breathing down. I'm able to side breathe. My catch and my pull are what it needs to be. I can actually breathe on both sides. I can breathe on my left, breathe on my right. 
these are all the things that I worked on during training that I was able to fix and kind of work on. Um, my legs do drag when I swim. So I, I end up over time, there's just more resistance. My hips are heavy. I'm muscular and I'm, um, I have bone density. Both those things have having bigger bones, having more muscle, you don't float. I'm negative buoyant. I do not float. <laughs> I, I, I chose a course where it's open water and there's salt water, salt water. I will float a little bit, but still, even at a dead stop, I I'm here in the water, very relaxed. I'm still here. So knowing all that, knowing that as I keep going, I'm dragging, um, it, I use more energy. So my strategy was just to swim 200 meters and then turn on my back or side stroke or whatever, just take your time, rest, and then keep going. That was my strategy. And so 30 minutes into the swim, I'm halfway through the course and there's an hour and 10 minute cutoff. So the strategy is working. Swim, stop by a buoy or just turn on my back and float and then keep going, swim, turn on my back and float and keep going. Um, halfway through it, strategy is working. However, I am tired. I am tired. It's just a little bit different. Part of it was nerves. Part of it was being inefficient. I got into the water first 50 meters is fine. Next thing I know, people are really catching up to me because I'm swimming slow. And as they catch up to me, they're swimming on top of me or I get bumped a couple of times and then I stop because I'm like, oh shit, you know, <laughs> well, what is happening, right? And then, so I get out the way then as I get out of the way, I go a little bit too far. Then I panic swim or hurry up and swim to a buoy, hold on to a buoy, get my breath, get back in there. Some more people come. I kind of, I try to stay on the outside, but I'm not swimming straight. I kind of overshoot the course. I get back on, grab another buoy. With all of that being said, 30 minutes into the race, I was halfway through. So I had hope. I, I felt good. I was tired. Took a lot more effort than I, I thought. And I ate good before the race. I had some, um, I had a banana, I had some fruit, I had a gel, I had enough calories to get me through easily an hour worth of intense work. So then um, I kept going. Let's just say I'm swimming east for the first half and then you have to make a right and then another right and then you start swimming west. When I made the second right, I took three pulls and I, I was like, I'm swimming in mud. Instinctive, like I felt it. When I turned that corner, I started pulling and it was so hard. I'm looking down and the coral isn't moving. In the first half of the race, as I'm swimming, I can see the bottom of the ocean is moving underneath me. I, I, that lets me know I'm having progress. That keeps me calm, like you're moving forward. The second half, when I turned that corner, when I tell you the floor wasn't moving, I panicked. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, we in trouble. It's going to be trouble. Don't forget to subscribe to our mail list on blackwithendurance.com. And if you're not already, follow us on Instagram at blackwithendurance. Now back to the show. And I was like, man, calm down. You're not going to die out here. It's good. You can't quit. Uh, quitting is not an option. You're not going to die. Dying is not an option. So just take a deep breath. You're not drowning. Just talking to myself and then roll back over. Realize that I had floated off the course <laughs> when I turned over on my back. Oh, <laughs> damn. And, and, and here's just experience versus non-experience. 
I turned over my on my back just to kind of get my composure because that's what I did in training. And then every now and then I would grab onto a buoy just to get my breath. Every time you do either one of those, the buoy doesn't stay still, right? In my mind, I'm staying still, but the buoy will move around and it may move a little bit off course. When you turn over on your back, you're not staying still, especially if the current's pushing you. And so the current would push me a little bit. I didn't know that until I looked at my, my GPS map and kind of put things together. Like, why, why is my map all over the place? And I was like, oh, you know what? I was really losing a lot of uh, ground. And when I turned over and um, I'm sorry, when I turned that the corner going against the current, I was going directly into the sun. And when I tell you the glare was so strong, I couldn't see anything. I couldn't like I literally was just like straining my eyes and I couldn't see anything that kind of freaked me out. All I could see was just people swimming and the lane is it looks real wide to me. Like, I don't know, you know, I can't even see the next buoy. I just see arms and kicks and I'm like, oh my God. But they don't God. have like people out there to like guide you and tell you like, hey man, you're off course or anything? No, I mean, if you go, this happened to me twice. If you go severely off course, a paddle board will find you or a jet ski and they'll be like, hey man, you're way off course. And that happened to me twice when I was going against the current. As I was swimming against the current, um, that's when someone swam underneath me. And I believe they probably went with the current as I'm going against the current. And they were just like, this guy's, you know, in trouble. Um, but I kept going, I, I kept plugging away. It took me 30 minutes, 35 minutes to get about halfway. It took me another 20 or 30 minutes to go another 10 or 20%. So essentially took twice the amount of effort to go half the distance against the current. And I, I don't believe the current was that strong. I just believe I wasn't that strong. You know, I mean, it's a very humbling statement. You were ex exhausted already. <laughs> you left the hardest part oh, for the end. It's a very humbling statement, but it's the truth. I just was not strong enough in the swim. I just was not strong enough. And um, because of that, I've been swimming ever since. I've, I swam yesterday. I swam after the event, as, as exhausted as I was, I got back into the, the beach, into the ocean for a little bit and I swam the next day. I can but admit, anyway, um, I would be mad at the water. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, no, you, I just, you know, at, at the same time, there was a moment there when I was swimming against the current and I'm just losing energy. My left leg cramped. And when my left leg cramped, it was a deep cramp in my um, my hip flexor. And it was a, one of those cramps, it, it almost feels like uh, something ripped, but it's just on, it's on fire. And I kept swimming. And because that, I had that cramp, it really messed up my, my stroke. So it's almost like I'm just rolling, but I'm swimming. I just don't want to use that leg because it's on fire. The lifeguard quickly came over there because I probably looked crazy. And he was like, are you okay? And I was just like, I'm tired. He was like, do you want to, do you want to quit? Like, no. And I kept swimming. And, <laughs> As coach though, <laughs> he wasn't going to give up. No, no. They were going to pull him out, drowning before he gave up. <laughs> and then my right leg, my right hip flexor cramped and my right calf cramped. And the, the, now I'm just like kind of front crawl, but my legs are sinking. How far out were you still? Oh, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm easily a good, I don't know, mile from the beach. I'm out. Like the, the beach is small. It's just ocean. I'm in the ocean at this point. 
the the lifeguard came over and the, like the staff was really good. He hopped off the jet ski in one motion. He hopped off the jet ski, dove, and next thing I know, someone's underneath the water um, massaging my leg. Oh he, wow! And then his head came up, and I was like, "This dude is is about that life. He is he is out there doing his thing." Then I was like, all right, bro, that's enough massaging my leg. Now I just gotta make it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, homie. Like, like I appreciate you, but look, that ain't gonna help. It's just I'm out of sodium. And so I was like, hey man, I'm just gonna give this my best shot. And so then I started swimming and my legs were still cramped, my hip flexor still cramped. I flipped over and I started backstroking because I just couldn't, I couldn't drag my legs. I'm literally like this trying to swim. So I flipped over and then my legs are still sinking because I, you know, my hip flexors are shot. So I really can't, I, it just hurts to try to stay flat. So mm -hmm. they, I'm just letting them look, like lay limp and I'm just backstroking. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if I'm going straight or not. And I, I don't know. I'm just like, I just don't want to quit. I just don't want to quit that bad. And I, I, I remember swimming or trying to swim and this little voice in my head, there's a new voice. I've never heard this voice, right? It was almost like a little David Goggins. It was like, <laughs> it's I like, can't wait to hear this. <laughs> the voice was like, you're a real fucking man today. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're a real man today because I just wasn't going to quit. It was like, I, I can't, I can't, if I have any type of energy, I need to expend it all. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what people think. I just don't care. I just have to keep going. And I kept flipping, flopping, just half stroking. And then I turned over one more time to try to backstroke and my lats and my shoulders started to really get tight. Just that buildup that happens from lactate building up. And at that point, my, I have cramps in my, both my hip flexors still. I have that, my shoulders and my, my back is getting tight. And at that point, I was just like, you know what? And I'm just floating, I'm just bobbing. <laughs> I'm literally doing this. <laughs> And I was just like, you know what, man, this is how people die. And I, I was like, this is how people die in the ocean. Like if they were stranded and they had no help because I couldn't move much. I really couldn't. And of course, my handy dandy uh, lifeguard guy, he drove by again. He was like, you good? And I was like, I'm not. I was like, I can barely move, man. I, I, I got a DNF. And he was like, man, we've been watching you for the last hour and a half. He was like, you have nothing to be ashamed of. He was like, can you, can you lift your arm? I was like, barely. And I lift my arm, put it on the, uh, the, the jet ski board. And I just started bawling. I just started ball. I'd never, I mean, I've never cried so hard in my life. Oh my God. I was halfway on the, on the raft, halfway in the water. I just started bawling and, uh, I just wanted it. <laughs> I just wanted it so bad. So anyway, I rolled on, they have a little raft on the back of the jet ski. I rolled on the raft, I'm looking up at the sun and then uh, I started laughing. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> I know it's crazy, right? Why are you crying and laughing? <laughs> uh, because at that point I knew I DNF'd, I knew it was over. I cried because I didn't meet the expectation. And then I laughed because I was like, damn, you did give it your all. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, you did. <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't even pull myself up on the raft all the way. I was halfway on the raft. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh my God. I would love to see the, the, the little, the little, you know, the thing on Strava, the little line that shows your whole course. You I'm going to send it to you. you. You're going to look at it and then you'll be able to tell when I hit the current and when I, I was losing it. And um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I learned so much and I love learning. I met a, a lot of wonderful people, very, very helpful people out there. And at the end of the day, it, it was just one of those, it was one of those experiences when you know you're living. I, I knew I was alive because I, you talk about fight or flee, like your testosterone and adrenaline being its highest, you're in the ocean and you're just giving it your all, your body, my body tapped into something that you can only tap into when you're exhausted. Yeah. You know, there's no more glucose left. There was no more energy left. The gel, the banana, all that was gone. I checked my Garmin and I had burned 1300 calories. And that was, that was twice as much as I had took in. I checked my Garmin. My Garmin said I had swam like 4,000 yards. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was 2000 strokes over 2000 strokes. And in my training, I think the most I took was maybe 1500 strokes. Right. So yeah. I had did more in that, in, in that particular session, you know, you've never done in your life ever done in my life so I definitely I definitely tapped into something that I didn't have but even still the result was not what I wanted and so it was just a lesson to me that experience and knowledge cannot and will not be trumped I gave it my best effort I gave it my absolute best I can I can look the creator in his face and be like hey I gave you saw that right everything you gave me <laughs> I gave that course and <laughs> But at the end of the day, the result is not what I wanted. And there was just a lack of experience. The strategy was not good enough. The experience and the knowledge citing that wasn't good enough. And then my swim technique was not good enough. And, and that's okay, because that doesn't mean that I'm not good enough. It just means I have more to learn. Yeah, exactly. Well said. It's a learning experience. <laughs> uh -oh, experience. It's so, and it's so, it was so, so beautiful out there. There is, when people are swimming, especially in the ocean and you're, you're looking, you're side breathing and you're looking, we just look so graceful and so peaceful as we're gliding through the water. Very calming, very surreal. Like I can't even explain. There's just bubbles and people are streamlined and they're, they're shooting through. It was great. And the the black community out there, even though very, very small, just very, very welcoming. It's giving me tips, uh, you know, giving me advice and encouragement. Anytime I see them out in the course, they're like, hey, Will. So that was really good. You know, the black community out there is really strong, really, so really. How many black people were at the start line? <laughs> you know, in my age group, I was the only black male. My age group was first because the 40 to 44 group tends to be very strong out there. Um, and for anyone listening, if, if you're, I don't think that's, I don't think most people would, would realize that the 40 to 44 group performs really well in most endurance events. And um, yeah, <laughs> would, you, would you think that? No, you would think it would be like the younger 20 year olds, but it's like, and why is that? It, there's this thing in terms of strength, agility, and experience, right? If you took all three of those, strength, agility, and experience, 
the young folks, the 20 to 30, whatever, you know, it's probably 20 to 28. They're going to have all the agility, agility. They'll be nimble. <laughs> they're going to have the bounce. They may have some strength. You get stronger as you get a little bit older towards your late twenties, um, unless you're just a freak of nature. But for most men, you get stronger as you get a little bit older, but they, they probably don't have all the experience unless they started really young. All right. By the time you get to 40, you've lost some agility. You may not have that same bounce, or if you do, you got that bounce maybe once or twice. You can't, you know, you can't just repeat it. <laughs> you got to take a couple games off, but around 40 to 44, you may lack in agility, but your strength level is the, probably the highest it's ever going to be. Your type one muscle fibers are just ready to go. Those are slow twitch. You can, you're strong as an ox. Your type two may not be as responsive, but you still got some bounce and you have some skill. You have some experience. And when yeah. you put that together, that experience trumps, trumps that. Any day. Keep in mind for anybody that is listening, if most of this is only relative to athletes, because if you're 40, 44, and you haven't been in the gym, this probably doesn't apply to you. But it's, no also, <laughs> it's also a call to the folks who are sitting on the couch who used to be athletes, who used to be athletic, who either due to the, the pandemic or due to life, they stopped getting out there. You still have it. You still have it. You can dust that engine off, rust that engine off, take some time, you know, start slow. But at the end of the day, you still have a lot left to give. You know, yeah. you have a lot left to give. Take it from the man who spent two hours. I think total, I, I, I tracked it on my Garmin. I was in the water hour 56 minutes, hour 45. And I, I probably swam at least 80% of that. I did spend some time holding on to the buoy, just trying to breathe, but, uh, you have more to give than you think. Your brain will constantly tell you to stop, constantly tell you to relax, constantly tell you that it's over when in reality, your body just has so much more to give. And it's up to you to, to determine like how much, how much you're gonna like just tap into that, that well. When do you plan to do it again? I would do one this weekend if, <laughs> if I could get my swim stronger. So I'm not going to make the same mistake. I'm not going to repeat the same mistake. I will not allow myself to get um, into another Ironman or triathlon that is a one mile swim unless I can do at least 800 meters straight. At least 800 meters straight. Yeah. Um, if, I, if I'm not able to do that in a pool, I, I won't get back in the water. Um, unless somebody who is more knowledgeable and more skilled than me tells me there's a better way. But from my own personal experience, I need to fix my breathing so that um, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm not having to stop as frequently. And then two, probably just a little bit more open water experience um, swimming against the current. Yeah. Definitely. So how long would you give yourself to work up to that 8,000 meters? 800, 800, 800 meters. Sorry, 800, 800 meters unbroken. 8,000 would be unbelievable. Um, sorry. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think 
I'm be honest here. Here's what I know now. I I know that with swimming, I can't give myself a time frame. I did that mistake already. Running, I can. I know how to scale up running. I understand what that feels like when you say, okay, we're going to get 20 miles in this week, next week, 25 miles, next week, 30, take a half that volume deload and then come back and do another 28 and build from there. I know what that looks like. Strength training, oh yeah. Progressive overload, I understand that concept. Swimming, how long does it take for me to learn a different technique? What's going on with my breathing? Like how, how do you diagnose that? I don't know how long that takes. Hopefully, hopefully I can find out in a week. <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm gonna get a good coach. I have one in mind. She knows who she is. I gotta, I gotta holler at a good coach, and uh, I gotta get coached up. Yeah. Who? Who you? Who you think about game? You talking about Khadija? Khadija, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> of course, of course. I thought about her too on the course when I was out there. You know, she has this determination, this spirit, and you know, it's just how black folks are, right? We gotta summon the spirit the spirit of our ancestors and family members and friends. And, you know, I was just like, man, you know, I got all these folks who, um, who get out here and do this. I, I got to do it and represent for myself, the culture. And I was out there praying to ancient African gods, Ogon, give me the strength. Like, I was out there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. No, I can imagine. Oh my God. That's, that sounds incredible and scary and insightful. Everything that was a great experience for you. It's, it's one of those things where even though I was afraid of the ocean, as we were getting released to go out, you know, the, the way they did it, it was three people in a row and then they would run off and then there would be a countdown. There'd be another buzzer and 20 seconds later, and then three people would run off. So every 20 seconds they were running out there. And I remember I was in the very front. I remember thinking to myself, I have never swam in the ocean this far, but I swam pretty close. I've done like a mile. So 1.2 wasn't a big stretch, but I just remember like, man, okay, you, you've done something like this, but we can't stay on this beach. Like we just can't stay here. So when, when not staying is more painful than going to something new, that's when you have a big change. I just could not stay on the beach. I was just tired of being that person who does not go in the ocean because they can't swim. I was just tired of that. And, it, and in that moment, I was like, I'm leaving this behind. I'm leaving this, this part of me behind of being on the beach, afraid of the ocean, afraid of swimming, that stops, that dies today. And, you know, that's part of the transformation. You have to let some things stay in the past as you jump in the ocean and cramp up. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't gotta do, you ain't gotta do an Ironman, you know, but um, hopefully somebody who's listening, um, they catch that message that, you know, at the end of the day, it's painful to stay where you are. It's painful to get out there and try something new, but at least with trying something new, you have the opportunity to, to get better, to lose that pain. So get out there, take that shot, get out there. 
Well put. I mean, my next question was going to be, if you had to sum this experience up into a quote, what would it be? It would be learn, try, fail, repeat. <laughs> yep. I like that. <laughs> Especially yeah. the repeat. <laughs> right? Because that learning that is really that's the to me that's the learning process and um if you don't fail then celebrate learn try fail or celebrate then repeat but ultimately even if i would have finished the race i still would have failed at something something would have went wrong or something would have not met expectation and then you learn from that there's all there's always the opportunity to learn and, yeah. and that is that is the essence of sports for me. That is the essence of being an athlete. It's it's getting out there and applying yourself. So for me, the fact that I DNF'd is just a result that I I did not want. The true process or the prize in the process is that I was able to give it my all. I was in an opportunity where I could truly apply myself at something that is not my craft, that is I'm not comfortable with. And that is invaluable. I love it. <laughs> I, you inspire me in so many ways. I, you always have, but this was extra inspiring, especially when you announced the result. What happened? You didn't, you, you weren't ashamed or anything. Like you just didn't meet your expectation. And well, you had your moment but you got over it and you you got into you know you're still moving forward you're not going to let that stop you from trying it again i don't know it's just just the way you handled it is really inspiring to me i appreciate that i think it's just because i'm old and i've <laughs> <laughs> i've seen enough i've seen enough um i'm a big enough of a sports fan and I've seen enough of the storyline and to understand that, you know, most people will remember Kobe Bryant dropping 60 points on the Utah Jazz. I think that was his last game. But they don't remember his first playoff experience or major playoff experience when the game was on the line. I think he was still in the teenage years. He might have been 19, 20. Mm -hmm. The game was on the line. It was the playoffs. He airballed five times. And there was like like game winning shots or go ahead shots. They were big shots. Like this is the shot that Jordan would take. He airballed the first one. Then he airballed the second one. Then he airballed. Like he just kept shooting airballs. The thing was he kept shooting. And I, I, I'm pretty sure it was Jerry West who said the fact that he kept shooting let me know that he's going to be great because he's taking his shot. That is his shot, mm -hmm. right? And um, I remember that. I, rem I remember watching that thinking, man, this guy is supposed to be the man. This dude is not even hitting the rim. And then I also remember how he didn't take an off season after that. He just trained. He was like, no, I'm training. He's like, I'm training. I remember the, the Detroit Pistons beating up on Michael Jordan. Everybody remembers Jordan as the GOAT. I remember him as like Bill Lambeer's push him down. I remember that. I'm, I'm that old, right? So like <laughs> <laughs> the, the folks that we remember as... Uh, folks are like, not even athletes, even like businesses, businesses that have had major failures early on, and then they end up being a success. 
I just know enough of this story to know like, you should never judge another person's journey. The person that is high on the hill, ultimately one day may be in the valley or, or may not be in the game. And the person that's in the very back, you never know. You never know where they're gonna be in a year or two or six months or, so at the end of the day, it's really just, you gotta keep going. Whether you win or lose, you gotta keep going. And so that's how, that's how I took it. I was not ashamed at all um, in my effort. My effort for me was outstanding. It was unbelievable. It was just the result. The result, the result, it wasn't what I wanted. And you just, I'm old enough to know you don't always get what you want. Yeah. <laughs> you got the truth. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, you very rarely get what you want. <laughs> but that's what makes it so special when you do get it because you can have all the right effort, you can do all the right things, you can practice, you can train. Um, you can do all these things, but at, at some point, some things may just need to go your way. And that's what makes it even more special. And then for the great ones, for the ones who continue to dominate, not just, not just win, but consistently win. Those are the ones that's why we celebrate them because they, they dominate, you know what I mean? And they, they have the skill, they have the ability, and then they consistently get it done. So exactly <laughs> well that was great <laughs> i don't know how i can add anything else to that <laughs> well i think um i think the only thing i want to say is gosh this is a hard sport this is hard ironman triathlons are hard and i haven't even done a full have you ever felt that way about another sport when you first started it? Like, no, when I first did my first Spartan, I did a super. I was like, this is not hard. We're, we're, <laughs> what is the hardest thing to do? And they were like, well, you got to do an ultra. That's why my, my second Spartan race was an ultra because the super wasn't hard. So, um, you know, OCR is tough. There's one thing that's something that's tough. Like, oh, this is difficult hard man swimming biking a marathon at the end bruh that is hard <laughs> <laughs> i feel that i was yeah i have i have not done those distances in spartans but yeah i i agree that that does not even scare me compared to the iron man like that's yeah. that's just because I know at the end of the day, if I have to, I can walk and complete the ultra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that the swim. Mm, but I, I just think um, when you when you consider the environment, because half of any battle is the environment, right? So the swim, you have ocean, you have current, you have you know waves, you have the sun, you have wind. And then you get out of that environment and then you get onto your bike. Now you have um, road, you have hills, you have wind, you have resistance. Then you have the mechanical component of your bike. You can have a flat tire, chain, derailleur, things not working right. And then you have your nutrition component. The bike is a long ride. Do you have enough nutrition? How's your body re reacting with all that? And then to get off the bike and then have to run. 
And now you have more either hills or it's flat or there's other opportunities. Once again, nutrition. So you have three different environments and then you have the mechanical component. I can't think of another sport right now that has all of that. No, none. That that's that is too many variables left to chance. That is that's almost insane. <laughs> it, it may sound like a stretch, but honestly, um, it, it feels like almost like a battle, right? Like a war where you have your gear, you have the environment, you have your opponent, you have yourself, you have nutrition, you know, food. You have, there's just all these different components that you have to adjust for or, or account for, sorry. And um, it's just the ultimate challenge mentally and physically. And so for that, and for those reasons, um, I'm hooked. You know, I'm 100% I'm confident my next one, knock on wood, my next one, I'll be able to actually finish, but that won't even be the goal. The goal will be to, to, to master the craft of doing these things, but they're time consuming. Whew. Yeah. Yeah, I, it takes a lot, but I know you're going to do it. I can't wait for your next Ironman. I'm going to try to be there because I know you are going to complete it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I know you're not going to do it until you know or you are confident that you can complete that swim. And the rest yeah. of it is going to be a walk in the park for you. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. We'll see. You never, that's the one thing about racing, you know even though I've done some stuff in training, when you actually get into a competition, there's just this, these different elements that you just don't have in practice. Yeah. Thank you all for listening. This is our interview with Coach. Oh, what a great pleasure talking to Coach. I swear to God, every time I interview him, I learn so much. <laughs> so this is not my first interview with Coach. My first interview with Coach was on my first podcast unrelenting humans after his first century ride so you know you might want to go check that out or you know what i might actually add some of that interview to black with endurance so y'all can hear it but i want to say thank you guys thank you for the continued support we really do appreciate you and for the new listeners thank you for subscribing make sure you all go to our website blackwithendurance.com and subscribe to our mail list we will be putting all our updates and announcements in there also with a few you know engagement questions and stuff so make sure that you guys subscribe so you don't miss anything we're going to be coming out to events to talk to athletes and you know to get really down in the dirt <laughs> let's say so look out for us and you know look out for those emails so you know where we're gonna be at and where you guys can meet us but uh with all that said i'm so glad the world is back open <laughs> this past weekend there were some great events and i'm a little mad that we were not there but <laughs> that's not gonna happen we are going to be there next time uh so again thank you all for listening if you're not following us on instagram make sure you are at black with endurance we really do appreciate you and send this episode to one friend if they might be needing a little bit of inspiration just you know slide it into their dms they're gonna thank you for it later <laughs> 
Well, that is all the time I have for today. Thank you all again. Ah, I feel the love. So without further ado...